0: Hello and welcome to another episode of TimeSport on the Beat podcast with me, Fadli, from the New Straits Time Sport Desk. Uh, Today we have another very special guest with us Safe Sport Malaysia founding president Sarina Sundara Raja, uh, who is the main driving force behind the proposed Safe Sport Act. And she's also a former national gymnast who won gold at the 1998 Commonwealth Games. So welcome to the studio, Serena. How are you?
1: Thank you, Fadi. Um, it's so great to be here, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, share my experience and to talk about Safe Sport.
0: All right, so um, many people in the media are already uh, aware of what the Safe Sport Act is uh, and uh, the, what the Safe Sport movement is. But uh, can you just give us a, a kind of brief description uh, for those who are maybe not too familiar with the topic? Uh, what it's all about.
1: Um, So the Safe Sport Act um, is based upon the US um, Safe Sport Act that was enacted uh, to address the issue of harassment and abuse. How we came about was in 2017, uh, the USA Gymnastics Larry Nassar's case. So he was um, sentenced to life for abusing um, hundreds of uh, gymnasts and then um, the US came out with the Safe Sport Act. So what made Malaysia is trying to do is to enact a similar uh, legislation to protect our athletes uh, to address the issue of harassment and abuse in Malaysian sports. So the Act will create an independent uh, new entity that deeply understands the safe sport mission and is fully able to improve our athletes' safety, empowerment and also welfare. So based upon the uh, United States uh, Safe Sport Act, which has proven to be effective, the legislation will, uh, one, is to increase increase the standard of care for organizations uh, involved in youth sports. And number two is to expand mandatory reporting of suspected abuse. And number three is to include mandatory prevention training for all adults interacting with youth athletes. And lastly, um, a whistleblower protection to prevent retaliation.
0: Okay, Sarina, at the moment, how far are we in getting uh, the Safe Sport Act passed in parliament? What's the progress been like?
1: At this point, um, so when I first proposed Safe Sport and the Safe Sport Act to Datuk Sri Ahmad Fazal Azumu, who was our former Minister of Youth and Sports last year. And he agreed that, you know, safe sport is important and the act um, is is a long overdue uh, reform. And uh, he took on the challenge and he said he would table the Act in Parliament in December. And unfortunately, with, with the new administration right now, today, um, our new minister, newly appointed minister, um, YB Hannah Yo, she has pledged her commitment to continue the efforts uh, that was first mooted by uh, Datuk Surya Faisal Azumu to pursue the Safe Sport Act.
0: Okay, Serena, can you just tell us how important it is to get this uh, Safe Sport Act enacted in Parliament?
1: sadly we have a tremendous challenge. um, in front of us. Abuse and misconduct among young athletes um, have been a pressing issue confronting Malaysian sports um, for decades. And uh, recent findings from a survey uh, conducted by Iris at KBS uh, revealed the magnitude of the situation and as a result, now the Ministry of Youth and Sports, um, they are pursuing safeguarding reforms um, which begin work to develop the Safe Sport Code. So the Safe Sport Code is an essential keystone of the Safe Sport Act and creating these codes of conduct and policies is a significant step forward in building the capacity of these national governing bodies to understand what abuse Looks like, but additional uh, measures will be needed because it is also critical to um, genuinely have an independent mechanism to provide um, oversight, accountability, and transparency. And uh, research has also provided insights into these risk factors. So. You know, our safeguarding strategies as well must include developing uh, proactive prevention policies, especially limiting, you know, one-to-one adult and minor athletes' interaction and uh, also setting the standards um, for training and sport settings. So we need to do more and everything possible to foster a safe sport environment so that our athletes can thrive because um, abuse means our athletes cannot achieve peak performance.
0: Right so you um you started uh Safe Sport Malaysia earlier this year can you just uh, go through w- w- why you needed to do that
1: so SafeSport Malaysia is a non-profit organisation and our mission is to advocate and champion for athletes' um, safety, empowerment and welfare and also to raise awareness about the importance of um, SafeSport and how everyone plays a role uh, in ensuring that, you know, our young children and athletes can thrive in a safe, inclusive and welcoming environment to optimise the sporting experience for everyone. As for our long-term goal. Is to um, for the government to enact the Safe Sport Act,
0: right, Sarina? What have been the biggest challenges for you so far in getting the act uh, passed in Parliament?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is that our sports authority and leaders have failed to acknowledge that there is a problem of sexual harassment and abuse in Malaysian sports. I understand it's a very um, taboo subject that is not frequently. Talked about or discussed, and there's a taboo surrounding the topic that prevents um, the victims from coming forward. Um, I believe it's important for the leadership to start talking about um, this issue because that sets the tone and that also sends the message to everyone. You know, there is a, z- a zero tolerance for abuse in sports and to actually normalise the conversation so for people to talk about their experience freely
0: Okay Sarina um, we have a new sports minister in uh, our fifth since 2018 Hannah Yo is only the second woman to be the uh, sports minister after Latak Sri Azalina She also has experience uh, being the former women family and community development deputy minister So how do you think this bodes for Safe Sport Malaysia is it a good thing?
1: It would be Interesting to see how uh, YB Hannah, you've given her experience working as a deputy minister at KPWKM and also uh, given her law expertise and you know she has been vocal in championing the anti-sexual harassment bill and now with the Safe Sport Act I hope she's able to steer the ministry um, in a direction that um, you know embodies good values and principles that is worthy of all the passion and sacrifice by all the athletes I know there's an you know there's this assumption that the Ministry of youth and sports um it is a smaller ministry compared to the rest, but we must be really honest about the power that you know sports truly holds. And because of that you know sports can be abused and exploited and people's passion for sports can be manipulated as well and sports practice is a human right so every child is entitled to a safe and inclusive and welcoming environment and every child is also entitled to to the rights of participation provision and protection as well and we also have the athlete bill of rights um, by sport in society that further clarifies the rights of all athletes and the human rights feel in sports. And these rights may not translate to each athlete's lived experience unless they have complete uh, knowledge and belief in their rights to safe sport. So I know Hannah has the interests of children in her heart and uh, I hope that she would continue to champion and prioritise um, athletes' safety, empowerment and welfare by tabling the Safe Sport Act soon.
0: Are you going to meet up with uh, Hannah anytime soon?
1: Um, today, I read that you know she just started her first day at the ministry, and during the press conference, she mentioned that the Safe Act would be given um, top priority, and um, I, I'm very happy to hear this. And I hope, you know, that um, I would be able to meet her soon so that I'm able to also explain what are the flaws in the current situation of the development of the safe sport Code.
0: All right, Serena, uh, I think you've uh, publicly said in the past that you've experienced sexual harassment as an athlete yourself during your competitive days. If it's okay with you, um, can, can you just explain to us like what you experienced during your career?
1: I've been in sports for 28 years now. I... Um, as an athlete, um, an administrator, a coach, and now an advocate. And finally, um, sports have positively shape, uh, shaped my beliefs, my attitudes and values for life. But I've also experienced uh, sexual harassment growing up as an athlete. When I was uh, 14, 14 or 15 years old, I was involved in uh, a training camp that had athletes from different sports and, you know, different ages involved in the camp. And during one of the activity, one of the male athlete, he was much older. And and we were playing a, a game of cards. And he, he placed the card on his penis. And he asked me to reach out and touch him at that part to retrieve the card. And it was... Um, and it was not in public, but it was, you know, within a, a group setting. And he had the, the courage to actually ask me to do that. And, and it makes you realize that, you know, the younger minor athletes are, are more vulnerable to the risk of harassment and abuse um, because we don't know what our rights. And, and there was a gut feel that, OK, this is not right, but what can I do? You know, we were not thought about, um, okay, if something like this happens, um, what can we do and what are the actions that can be taken? And I've also experienced other, you know, sexual misconduct. But what, what is most important now that we teach our athletes that they have rights and they have the rights to... Train and compete and thrive in a safe environment, and I, I and I hope you know that they will be empowered and able to advocate for themselves.
0: Serena, uh, over the past few years, um, more and more former athletes have come out uh, stating uh, what happened to them during their earlier years, uh, with experiencing uh, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and so on. Um, How how do such uh, incidents uh, impact uh, athletes? I mean, I understand that some of them have uh, ended their careers earlier than uh, they probably should have because of such incidents. So Can you just uh, tell us uh, perhaps what what kind of impact it has?
1: You know, when it comes to sexual harassment and uh, abuse, I mean, plenty of research has um, demonstrated that there is an immediate cost um, that is associated to uh, abuse and that that results in... uh, dropout and performance as well. You know, sports authorities and leaders, um, they come and go... And and so do athletes too. But when abuse happens to these athletes, the impact is long-lasting. That affects their physical and mental well-being. And it's not just the athletes themselves, but it's also their entourage. Which means, you know, the athletes' parents, um, their coaches, their friends. So the impact is long-lasting. So whatever actions that we do right now and um, developing policy that it, it does affect, you know, these boys and girls and athletes and their future uh, and their well-being as well.
0: All right, Sarina. So we're going to move on to uh, something a bit more, less serious. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, uh, so I just want to ask you about that 1998 Commonwealth Games gold medal that you won. Uh-huh. What was that like? You were only 16 at the time. Can you just tell us uh, what you remember from, from that, that, that competition?
1: Um it was it was a great day. I remember how I started uh, rhythmic gymnastics. Um I remember watching uh, Farahani performing the ribbon routine uh, on TV uh one day and I told myself that you know I want to be just like her. And the next day when I went to school, I asked my teacher if they had rhythmic gymnastics and uh I was uh, thrilled that she said yes. And that's how you know my journey in rhythmic gymnastics uh, began. And I had lots of fun. I mean, of course, it was a lot of work and sacrifice, but it was all um, worth it. You know, I've uh, made so much good experience and memories and friendship. Uh, along the way we traveled and we saw the world and uh, we competed with the best and 1998 Commonwealth Games was my first experience competing in a multi-sport event and um, it was overwhelming actually but it was really nice you know being able to you know make it to the team and represent Malaysia at uh, the Commonwealth Games and uh I'm glad, you know, me and my teammates, um, we managed to win the goal for the team event. And I continued to pursue my career and uh, competed at the 2001 Sea Games. And uh, lastly was the 2002 Asian Games. And then I retired because I had, uh, I suffered a knee injury that I just couldn't um, continue training.
0: It must have been hard for you to cut your career short due to that injury. Well, can you just uh, walk us through like what it was like? Did you have to have surgery on the knee?
1: Um. So I had that injury before. I think it was in. I mean, right after Commonwealth Games. So I had both knees torn meniscus and um, my left ankle. But I also realized that you know if I went for a surgery then then I wouldn't. Um, I was afraid of not being able to recover uh, soon enough to make it for the 2001 um, Sea Games and the 2002 Asian Games. And my goal was to um, qualify for the 2004 um, Athens Olympic Games. So it was difficult trying to manage, you know, both knees injury and also training at the peak level. It took a toll and uh, finally during Asian Games, um, I remember I wasn't able to um, walk because uh, the injury got so bad. And uh, I had to go for a surgery then. And I tried after a year of rehab, I tried to come back to train, but it's just, you know, never the same. So I decided to quit and I went into coaching.
0: All right. So, Irina, you, know, you have your own uh, gymnastics club. Mm. Uh, we call it a club, right? Academy?
1: Uh, it's a club. It's
0: a club, yeah. right? Okay, so um, y- you've moved on successfully uh, to coaching. And uh, does that give you the same joy as it does uh, being a... Competitive athlete previously.
1: Um, it's a different sense of fulfillment, but I'm very passionate about rhythmic gymnastics. I love the sport, and I love you know what sports does to develop and build um someone's character, and it gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment when I when I'm able to see that um, see my girls you know um, achieve their dreams and their goals and how um they have developed into a young, beautiful, strong, empowered athlete and. And women. So at the club, you know, we try to connect uh, young girls with rhythmic gymnastics. And it's not just about training, but it's also about teaching them how, you know, they can pursue their dreams and also contribute back to their families and the communities and also the world.
0: So, you know, um, gymnastics is, is uh, one of the most consistent uh, contributors to Malaysia's medal hall at uh, almost every multi-sport event. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, just wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think of the current generation of uh, Malaysian elite gymnasts?
1: We have done well and um, since 1998 Commonwealth Games, uh, where we won our first Commonwealth Gold Medal, um, ever since then, you know, Malaysia has uh, been consistently producing medals at these multi-sport events. And we are we have a strong presence, Sea uh, Games and Commonwealth Games. But what I think we should strive is to achieve a higher level of performance and achievement at the Asian Games and uh, ultimately try to qualify for the Olympic Games. Um, I know just recently in the last Commonwealth Games, Ang Joey, she surpassed the one gold medal target and she won two. So that's a good indicator that, you know, we have the talent, but we need to grow our base. We we need to continue to raise the awareness and also develop the sport at the grassroots level, not only at the urban areas, uh, but also at the rural areas as well.
0: Okay, Serena, so um, where can people follow uh, the Safe Sport uh, Malaysia journey uh, on the internet or anywhere else? Mm,
1: thank you, Fadli. Um, so, safeguarding is a shared responsibility, and uh, we look forward to working alongside with the other stakeholders to promote the value of safe spot And uh, please join our advocates community um, to raise further awareness. And if you've not already, please follow us on our social networks on the Facebook and um, Instagram as well.
0: Right. Can you just read out the handle uh, for Instagram? It is
1: Spot Malaysia.
0: Okay, for both Facebook and yes,
1: yeah, Facebook Malaysia, um, athletes against abuse.
0: Alright. Okay. Thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast this week, Sarina. Uh, we hope to see you again. I'm sure I'll be interviewing you again. Thank uh, you, finally. Over the next few months, uh, as we track the progress of the Safe Sport Act and uh, Safe sport movement. This has been Time Spot on the Beat. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode. You can catch us on Audio Plus, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts.